Podcast. This is John. This is Blix. And this is Rich. Welcome to the TriTech Podcast. Your podcast of being the bad guy, but got a heart of gold. Aye. This week we're talking about our old favorite, the Fringe Pirates from Fringeworthy. Yar! But this time we've got a twist, because this time the Fringe Pirates... They're not the villainous, scurvy, scum, uh, backstabbing evildoers that we can kill without a qualm. They're actually good guys. Aye. They're player characters. Therefore, they're obviously good guys. Oh, yeah. They had the big PC over them, and therefore, you know, you got to forgive them no matter what they do, even if they're murder hobos. Murder hobos. Oh, murder pirates. Yes. So um, we did um, a very long uh, and uh, pretty uh, comprehensive uh, podcast earlier on Fringe Pirates. So we're not going to we're going to do our best not to cover all that same territory. But we do need to talk a little bit about um, the three major uh, points of view we had of where the pirates were coming from. Okay. Um, one was that they were just a bunch of independent, small, roving bands of um, uh, opportunists who were, you know, not particularly nice people, and you know, were more interested in uh, self-aggrandizement through power, glory, um, self-determinism than anything else. But they they actually acted pretty much independent, uh, though they probably had some kind of a loose. Um, confederation. Well, I was going to say not a confederation at all. I'd say a loose set of uh, people who provided support to them because they drove around in tanks or armored vehicles, and those things have to be serviced. And you generally don't have, you know, uh, uh, you don't you don't usually see them dragging a machine shop. Maybe they had one, but I think it's more likely that there were places much like uh, what was the famous city in Port Royal. Yeah, Port Royal, where you could pull in and get your ship serviced, get a new cannon, get you know, get various things taken care of. That's that that uh, whatever that Gatling gun or whatever you might have serviced and, and resupplied. They, you know, people who'd basically you know pay to anybody who showed up with the right kind of cash or you know trade goods, uh, whether it be uh, gems, whether it be gold, whether it be technology, whether it be soft, pliable living flesh. <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah. Now, also, it's a place where they did a lot of their trade because, well, they couldn't obviously sail into Boston Harbor and sell their stuff. So Port Royal was sort of legitimate because it was sort of a 
British colony, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so they had fe- they needed some kind of fencing mechanism to to basically trade their stuff. You know, it doesn't mean that you know because the way we depicted them was that they would come in, they would basically rape and pillage, uh, and then they would turn around and leave. They didn't just they didn't come in, take over a town for a year, set up their own fiefdoms. You know, they didn't. They didn't do that. They were just taking what they could get and leaving. And that's a different way of looking at the world than someone who's a world conqueror. Okay, so that, so that was one of the points of view is that that was what they were. There was a second uh, suggestion, which was they were part of a much larger confederation, that they were out there doing these sorts of things for because, uh, because, A, they had the backing of a larger organization, perhaps an organization they gave tribute to. Or maybe they were being told to do it because that larger organization either had a philosophical point of view that they were using, expressing through the piracy, or because for some reason they wanted to destabilize all the worlds nearby, all, all at least all the, the areas nearby, the portals around them. So... You know, I'm thinking of uh, Ming the Merciless in in the uh, mm. uh, in, in in the Flash movie, where he says, "Every thousand years or so, you know, I go and turn my eye toward a planet, and I send it plagues, and I send it, you know, uh, meteors, and 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 all these different things. And if they see them as acts of God, you know, and superstition, I deem that world harmless." But if instead they, they pierce through and realize the intelligence that's behind all these things, then that world we destroy utterly. So these people might be going around and actually testing, you know, by these acts, you know, they would be a, a kind of a prelude to see whether or not these people realize that there's a portal where they can even understand the concept. You know, if somebody comes out after them, after they do this, well, that's a world that needs to be dealt with by a larger military force, possibly. Uh, and if and if they're as scurvious as we say, they might even have a few frozen meller to throw through the portal to destabilize I, the world. Yeah, or a, fr- or a frozen plague cat, whichever is handier. Yeah, you know, whatever yeah. they got. <laughs> Uh, there's a third possibility that I'm not exactly sure we covered, and that might and that might be they might have a patron of some kind who, as I talked about, has a philosophical agenda that they want the you know he's trying to prove something. He wants them to live this way and to operate this way. And I use the word he, of course, completely generically, you know, to uh, to see if this is a lifestyle that could be supported in modern times. Perhaps he's some some uh, historian who's who who you know. Has got more money than than, than Croesus and is is going to support these guys and, and, and ladies as long as they continued to ply the pirate life out there on the fringe pass and report back to them how things went. Yeah. Now, the, the, now the, both those last two could could be also construed to be privateers if they're going against a another fringe empire and they're basically raiding their raiding their worlds. Destabilizing their like outposts and commerce, but only one group, not anyone else. So 
Right. When we talk about privateers, uh, those are people uh, historically who were give, given letters of mark that allowed mm-hmm. them uh, – basically said, we are at war with this group and therefore you can go and attack those people and it will not be considered to be piracy. It will be considered support of our military efforts and we will provide you with safe harbor if anybody tries to, to you know, come after you and attack you back. You know, you just have you – know, and – and, and we'll give you medical care. We'll you know, give you the what you need in order to keep doing what you're doing. So there were a lot of pirates who became privateers when certain wars would break out, and it was a good way for a pirate to uh, kind of you know give them a fallback. I mean, they could still engage in piracy. They just couldn't engage in piracy against any of the ships of the countries that they were. Either allied with their their allies, or of course their 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 allies themselves. But if you're just going around and hitting random worlds, I don't see that as a letter of mark. No, yeah. no, and no. I mean another good example. I was even though they were part of the the uh, the creeks the 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 uh, was it the Creekspiel Creek uh, I can't name the the, the U boats were basically privateers. It comes right down to it. Even though they didn't own their boats and they were part of military, they basically engaged in commerce raiding. Their main goal was to disrupt the shipping to uh, England and, uh, and other uh, allied forces uh, from America and other, you know, and other places. In a way, they were privateers. Uh, they, they, they were the few, got, few naval people who could grow beards and not, not be dressed down for it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean them and the Swedes. Them and the Swedes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so like I said, we, so these were you know as we depicted the the the, uh, the, the fringe pirates. They you know, we we knew that they they did they would never like you know break under torture. Well, you know they did they never would would negotiate. They would just sit there until someone came and rescued them. Was basically the idea. Though I always thought that was from Richard's stories. That I always felt that that was probably not a you know it was kind of a stereotype because I mean after a couple of years I think a pirate would. You know, cut a deal of some kind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least initially they would play mum because nobody nobody likes a stool pigeon. Yeah, but enough gold and offers, you know, and so that. Of course, if they do break easily, you have to then wonder. Okay, let's get another pirate and see if he says the same thing. Yeah, or but not. it was kind of hard to get those. That was the point. Yeah, that was the point. Yeah. And also, the pirates knew they have leverage too because they knew things that. You know, or at least in the early years, they knew things that IDA didn't know. Yeah. In my campaign, a lot of times I used the pirates to le- let the player characters learn things about the Friends Paths because they would do it. You know, like, for example, one group came out and attacked the pirates, and the pirates were standing there, and they had basically a wire that they th- uh, they'd thrown into the portal, and all of a sudden the portal system turns around and attacks the, the, the player characters. And, the, and it basically just starts slagging their vehicles, and they have to flee. You know. Of course, that trick only works once. It works as many. T- it works a lot of times if they don't realize that they, if they don't see that little thin wire. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you would, though you would expect someone would figure this out when they you know do some tests and you know well he's transiting. What if he's you know that wire? But yeah, you're right. You know eventually. So the, the, the people would figure that out, and that's a great way to defend the base because then what you do is you attach wires to, like, the walls, 
And then you have someone fringe-worthy hang on to the wire and hang on to the walls so long as they become fringe-worthy, then toss the wire through the portal. And now the walls of your base are now fringe-worthy, and if you shoot them, it shoots back. I don't think that works, John. I, 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 only, applied it, I only applied it to people. Would that work, Richard, or is that only for people that the no. – the, the, Nope. Wouldn't work? Nope. Nope. Nope, nope. But, John, no one can stop you from putting it in your campaign if you really want to. That's true. <laughs> that means if someone shoots my hat off but don't hit me, do they, do they get shot then? You know, they shoot my hat off. I'm wearing it. Do they get attacked because they shot my hat off? I'm well, transit- considering it's an energy, it's an energy burst, um, you better not be standing there. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I'm transiting to the portal. They shoot at me and they hit my hat. Is that enough to trigger the shot back from the? Oh, sure. But that's not me. That's my hat. Mm, but <laughs> it's gonna, it's going to react and it's gonna fire, and you're in the way. But then, why can't I have a wire attached to the wall and do the same thing when they shoot through the shoot through the portal and hit the wall? The wall's fringe with you right now because it's attached to something fringe with you, which is going to transiting through the portal. Um. <laughs> it, because it's a smart system, and that's kind of dumb. It's like I w- I wouldn't make that assumption, and I'm not that smart. The system's probably smarter than I am. Very good, Bruce. You get you get an apple for that. All right. So again, that was that was how we kind of envisioned the uh, uh, the pirates, you know, as as that. Now, so if when we start talking about pirates as being good guys, well, this is a big change for them. It's a big change in how we view them. Okay, and, and there's been a lot of television shows that have done that. Uh, two in particular that come to mind is the Klingons from Star Trek, where and with without doing that, we wouldn't have had the great character of Worf, you know, who's a definitely good guy character, and uh, and also on the uh, uh, the, the Stargate show, the um, Jaffa. Uh, they were, you know, basically just murderous hatchetmen uh, in the movie. But then later on, you kind of came to appreciate, you know, their—I uh, don't know—their their, their their training, their their discipline, their, uh, their traditions, if I may, if I may use those terms. His okay. zeal. Their their zeal. Yes. So no, you know, his zeal. Oh, <laughs> the the lizards. Well, you know, it sort of predates it, though. I mean, it is predated by, by uh, um, uh, what's his name, Long John Silver. He eventually became, he went from being a nasty person to, well, a kind, well, still a pirate, but more of a nice guy to the, to the novel uh, Treasure Island. You know, so there is, a, you know, so it's, it, it sort of does, there's some, yeah, nothing's new out there, folks. It's always someone else has already done it already. Right. Well, and there's the reverse, which was Fagin, 
in Oliver Twist, who started off looking like a really nice, uh, really nice, you know, uh, thievy guy, and then turned out at the end to be really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, but so the point here is, is that you know we've got these characters that we've been uh, basically vilifying as every possible way we could, you know, in every scene we've ever introduced them into the game. So we have to, we have to kind of give a path of redemption for them to. Do. I mean, you could just have them show up, and it, it could be that these guys are fringe pirates from so far away that they're just like a whole different group. Okay, but. That's not as much fun as actually going and trying to say how could they have become good guys, okay, versus being, you know, uh, how could they have this path of redemption? So uh, that's, I think, is the greater challenge of this podcast, and that's what I'm going to try to do. Yep. One, one way this can happen is if the fact is the fringe pirates surrender to IDET because they're getting their butts shot off by the Coptics. Mm-hmm. Or whoever is in the other direction, you know, <laughs> they're fleeing somebody who's de- who's who's. Uh, uh, I'm not going to use the word decimate because John always gets on my case about it. Uh, who's basically eliminating all but a tiny fraction of them who've managed to hide, and they need allies in order to um, survive and or protect the worlds that they actually call home. Yeah, a ragtag fleet of uh whatever that's wrong wrong idea. No. Um the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a ragtag fugitive fleet in the mirror mirror universe maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's right. I mean, they they come up and they they throw themselves they they basically take their swords and they put them down and they say, you know, give us uh give us Shelter, you know, g- uh, give us sanctuary, and we will f- we will fight for you against a much greater threat, and let us tell you about it. And that could be your introduction. That could be a really great introduction to the Coptics, uh, rather than just going out and then finally running into them. If the pirates actually showed up and did that, that would be an awesome scene. If you if you as the GM played it outright. Yeah, now it makes me wonder, depending on how close they do this to Earth Prime, depends on how much, as we mentioned before, there's still the government out there and they still want to screw with things. So if it happens, say, like 20 portals out, it's more likely that the the players would go, yeah, this is a good idea. If it's happening right on the doorstep of, of Earth Prime, there's, the UN needs to put their finger in and, and uh, make, make statements about what's going on, whether they should actually arrest these people and punish them first before they let them, let them work. So, you know, if you, if you, if you are playing a more realistic, you know, political campaign, those things you might consider. Now, if you're playing more pulpish, yeah, no problem. Yeah, they show up and, hey, you're on our side now. Uh, all it takes is one country to give them uh, political refuge and the rest, and the, and the UN can't do anything about it. Liberia. Yeah, whatever. The ASA, I think, would jump all over it. Yeah. <laughs> because, well, I mean, you know, uh, from the standpoint of their point of view, ethically, they kind of fall in line with them. You know the the, the it would, but if you want them to be good guys, we really can't let them. You know they really can't be going with the ASA. But yeah, certainly there could be you know some country that that's willing to to, to champion them. Maybe England. After all, they had plenty of pro, uh, you know they 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 might stand up and say you know you want to be privateers, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
course, it would be the most motley collection of people, you know, and I use that term loosely because it won't be all people would consider people, you know, there'd be to zeal to be other aliens in the mix or whatnot. I, I hate calling them aliens because they're not really aliens. They're all from Earth. They're just other earthlings, but not the kinds we, we're used to dealing with. <laughs> yes. They're, yeah. they're, they're a little bit, they're, you know, they're a little bit further out into the Ozark Hills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, now you're going to be thinking of a bunch of hillbilly pirates. There you go. Hey, Clem! Clem, let's go over here and get, get some moonshine, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the Hills Have Eyes are probably a better, uh, a better example of what we're talking about here. Though I think that the second uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie was probably the best because it was so over the top. <laughs> I like that one. And, and, it, and it was so good that they, had, they did it big time with Bruce Willis's movie. Uh, I forget what that one was called. Evil Dead? No, Bruce Willis. Oh, Bruce Willis. You say Bruce, and I mean, you think, uh, you talk about... Not Ch- Bruce Campbell, was, Bruce Willis. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the one with Demi Moore, and, you know, and, and, and he somehow gets hooked into this crazy... You know, oh, yes, that's right, yeah. It, it was like a thief. Date. It was surrealistic is what it was. With Dan Aykroyd. With Dan, with Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd was there, too. Oh, was there. nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble, yes. Okay, well, I'm telling you, that's... That that's you know that, that's 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 a, a good example of what people who uh, don't aren't used to uh, t- you know t- <laughs> are used to getting their way and used to and have no limits as to what, how far they're willing to go to get it. That uh, that that would be a probably a pretty good template for your uh, pirate uh, crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that's a good example, Richard. Uh, running and needing allies. So. Would there be a better choice than Earth Prime? Then would you know? Would it be better for them to go to, uh, let's say, the Golden Horde, uh, or even some of the other ones like um, the no. Norlanders? Because not the Golden the, Horde. What? Nope. And especially not the Norlanders. Why not the Norlanders, Richard? Because the Norlanders are more structured, and they're they're closer to IDEP. Very, very seriously. Okay, well, is there is there a better choice then besides, you know, than Earth Prime as as the person for them to to uh, uh, join forces with? I hate to say Rome would view them as okay. We're used to hiring barbarians, yeah. you know. But they but would they wouldn't turn good then? They would basically just you know they they definitely would fall into the privateer mold. And okay. depending on who Rome decides who their enemy is, they may be good. Got to use air quotes there. Well, yeah. well, they're well, they're operating within um, this called the new Commonwealth space. Uh, once they get out of there, then they may be free to do whatever they feel like, as long as they bring back the goodies. <laughs> well, and don't forget that the Coptics are going to use the fringe pirates both. Uh, as as shock troops also, and infiltrators. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to have pirates fighting, perhaps you know their old uh, clanmates. You know, depending upon how you know people who got captured and turned to the Coptic side because it was that or fall on their swords, that or walk the plank. But that's from the negative side of the poros. On the positive side, we may have a totally different situation happening down the other side of the nodes. 
the Coptics are only in, are in the negative direction. Am I correct, Richard? Yes. So in the positive direction, we may have something totally different going on. And yeah, Earth Prime is like between two anvils coming together at, at some point. <laughs> so we, we don't know what's happening quite, down the positive. Go ahead. Quite literally, John. Yeah. So it may be a different set of group hitting, you know, coming in going, we, yeah. Oh, yeah, we we met some folks down that way, and they were, well, you know, um, they weren't accommodating like you folks are. <laughs> yeah, so you never know what's happening. Wasn't the Huichi in that direction? Positive direction? The Huichi would not care for pirates either. <laughs> Well, I'm not. I'm well, not the way you you've, you've got them painted. They're they're very uh, family oriented. They're they're very um, you know uh, cooperatively op- operating. So yeah, the uh, this freebooting you know uh, do or die type uh, point of view of the pirates, I'm sure would be not at all appreciated. Yeah, you know, yeah. just just real quick, it, we we talk about pirates and and. You know, I think that can mean a lot of things. Like when you say pirate, how do you define that? Like, I mean, what, what do you mean by pirate? Like, I know when we're talking about French pirate, what is it? What exactly? How would you classify somebody as a fringe pirate? Well, for, I would say first of all, is that I, I kind of gave them an aesthetic that they looked a certain way. They they drove around in uh, um, in uh, uh, basically armored vehicles with 20-inch cannons on them. Uh, they used uh, uh, had a lot of advanced weaponry, and uh, they operated on the shock and awe principle. Uh, they didn't show any mercy, and uh, they uh, uh, and they were mostly they, they and their their tactics were in and out. You know, grab you know useful stuff and then get out of there. So Bruce, when you when you say pirate, I mean you're talking like marauders. Yes, very much so. So you're, you're talking about like uh, when you say pirate, you're t- you're the mindset of like the island, you know, like those kind of pirates. Like these these are pretty much always bad guys, other than the ones we're talking about tonight. Right, right. They they yeah. basically it's the black ship that comes into port and starts shelling the the city, and while the city is burning and people are trying to you know escape you know with their lives, then they go in and they collect what booty is left, or they go in while people are trying to escape, you know, dragging their treasures out and put them to the sword and take their treasures from them at that on the spot because it's been so nice to get them all together in the one spot. All right. <laughs> And, and John, when you think of pirate, the French pirate, what, where does your definition lie? You also could call them uh, fringe Vikings. They're basically, okay. they're, like you said, they're raiders. They come in and grab something and leave. Um, <clears throat> the, I think the difference between them and pirates, however, is that um, the way Bruce is describing them, the pirates just sort of move along and basically don't stick around in one spot and milk it for everything they can. I would say if you're doing the uh, raider thing, you sit, you hit a spot, you find a sweet spot, and then you sit down, step shop in some world that's lower tech than you are, and use them for as a base operations, and then you raid, and you raid right. and raid until until either it, you're not getting anything more, or someone starts fighting back too hard, and then you just pick up and move. John, when you say raid. Uh, are you referring to raid the world that they're on, or do you mean raid other worlds from that location? Raid other worlds. Basically, the world you, the world they're on is some either it doesn't have any indigenous people, or it does, but they're so low tech they're easily you know cowed and um, 
uh, enslaved more or less. Um, you know, and then they go off and they hit and raid and hit and raid. Uh, depending on some worlds, they may set a base camp again. Another little midget base camp grabs some people and uses them as frontline troops, knowing that they'll be creamed and killed while they stay behind them and use their superior weaponry in support. Okay. You know, that's, I mean, yeah, that's more of a Viking style raid, I would say, more of a Mongol style raid than a strictly pirate raid. I mean, fringe pirates will attack people on the platforms and on the, and on the uh, pathways. Uh, I would say raiders would see you and then they would pull back and then go to position of, of strength to defend themselves. Well, pirates say, hey, you know, yo ho ho. <laughs> I'm thinking more also the line of a fringe mafia. The, uh, mm. basically an organized crime, some, a very strong leadership, and they're organizing what they want from these worlds, and they're bringing it back to a central point, whether they're selling it, basically, or then dispersing it to multiple worlds for a huge profit. Basically, yeah. the mafia, you know, the mafia across the fringe path. Right. So that would be the idea that they were allied with a much larger organization. Or, or well, mm. maybe not, maybe not. I mean, only so many people are fringe-worthy, so uh, they don't need to be that numerous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to run into large groups of people on the fringe path. They don't, they don't need a large group of people to control uh, the, the pathways because there's not a large group of people they're going to run into. So maybe their numbers don't really have to be that big. A group of 20 of these guys would outnumber any fringe any, – any IDET team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking along the line also because when I, I ran a campaign that was dealt with this stuff, along with, along with Richard's thing, it was basically something called the Consortium. They basically would conquer and, and pillage lower tech worlds and then enslave the population to build things for them. You know, and then they would turn around and, well, sell this stuff to higher, you know, other alternate worlds saying, well, this is good stuff. And they had front companies. And I can always see running into some sort of consortiums type situation where behind this consortium are just slave worlds, but they're pretending to be high fluting, nicer people, you know, you know, yeah, but they're, yeah. but the raiders, but the raiders, they conquer and raid. The, the funny thing is, is like, I guess maybe it's just the way our group played, but when we played French pirates to us, French pirates just meant a group of people and it could be a small group could be six people or whatever that just wasn't allied with any world they were they were like no kind of like fringe nomads in a way but they were you know they were well armed well trained um and and they were like D&D characters in that you know they would go into an area and they might you know go through it and take what they need but they weren't i mean the way we played it they weren't particularly bad guys like they would even do good things but you know they they would always try and make sure it benefited them like mercenaries well to me that sounds more like fringe gypsies as we describe them yeah i guess yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess that that fits yeah yeah i mean we talked about the origins the, some of the origins are such that you know someone discovers the the portal and they basically decide you know let's go steal some stuff for the next world over and they bring it back, and they might eventually find more fringe worthy on their world, or run into other people, you know, fringe walkers or, or other folks who've, you know, gotten a bit more. I mean, the initial group of those people may may have some altru- altruism in them. I mean, the guy who goes out and you know does some chicken stealing from the, ne- from the next world over is doing it because his own his own little world there, being an alt or a prime. 
well, they need those chickens. <laughs> you know? Well, again, that's, that's the path to destruction, not the path to, to uh, uh, redemption. But one of the things that I have listed down here as a reason is, is that if they were, in fact, doing this because of uh, another organization you know, that was supporting them and, and literally giving them their marching orders, if they lose that patron for some reason, let's say you know, a, a, a plague you know, happens, they bring back something they shouldn't have uh, or they didn't realize it, and it basically kills off their, the very people that were behind them, and now they're suddenly free. They're suddenly... Well, we were we're pirates, but you know, have you ever thought that maybe we should, you know, do something else? Like, you know, at the end of uh, uh, Cutthroat Island, and they and she says, "Let's go out and be pirates," and you know, blah blah blah. He says, "Well, you know, farming really does sound good to me." You know, says the guy who was like the the the, the number one officer. <laughs> Because they had this huge amount of gold, and every one of them could retire in in in, in luxury. Many real life pirates did just that, you know. Some successfully. Blackbeard did. Yeah, Blackbeard did for a while. Captain Morgan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he became governor of of uh, of the Bahamas, and you know, and uh, uh, didn't he actually get knighted by Queen Elizabeth? Am I thinking oh, I a different person? That up. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, so, yeah. Some of these pirates did well. They became famous people and all that stuff, and others ended up dangling off the end of the yard arm. Right. So we. So there's a there's a possibility here that that once they don't have this evil overlord kind of backing them, they're like, you know, we only did these things because we had to. We only did these things because if we didn't, then we'd get killed ourselves. So why don't we just stop? Why don't we stop doing that? What I mean, maybe they like the the the, the freebooting, you know, fringe gypsy concept, you know, and they decide to take their little convoy of, of vehicles and start being as as Peter suggested, being fringe gypsies, but not fringe pirates. But they still have all the trappings on them. You know, there's no reason for them to suddenly get rid of those armored personnel carriers and uh, and, and those 20 inch guns. They're very useful to have. They they might want to spray paint over the death's head and and maybe take some of the skulls off of the pikes that are on the outside of the vehicles and stuff. Put happy little ponies on the side. You know, <laughs> no, no ponies. Oh uh, yeah, big smiley face. No, I, that actually doesn't work. But yeah, yeah. I'm also thinking of because uh, I mentioned this when we were talking about the, when we were discussing this in the in the in the Facebook page. He also ran to the ones that said, "Okay, I don't want to be a pirate anymore, but you know, I sort of like doing what I was doing. Why don't we try to be good guys?" And they look for people being oppressed and become Robin Hoods or something along those lines and steal from the rich and give to the poor. Give some of it to the poor. Someone to the poor, yeah, yeah, yeah. More, yeah, you know, you know. Hey, look, yeah. this mach- the, the war machine. I'm sorry, the uh, the the effort <laughs> needs uh, needs funding, y'all. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they still, if they are going to continue to be uh, a kind of freebooter kind of thing, they still going to need to uh, go and uh, get themselves resupplied or whatever. So unless, so they're still going to be going back to their. Uh, their old places of, of refuge. So if they do decide to become good guys, you're going to have to keep it on the QT. 
You know, they're going to have to come back with all kinds of stories or whatever, you know, but at the same, uh, about how they did these terrible things. But in fact is they didn't do any of them. Now it's all talk. Well, not right. necessarily. If they, if they find one, uh, one of the uh, Tamelan trade worlds, I mean, it, they, some of those are still being operated. Some have been reopened and operated by whoever, by other, by other folks. They may just be, you know, hopping the French train. How far away is it again? Boop, boop, and they go there and sell their goods and boop, boop, come back to where the base operations and keep on going. Okay, well, you still haven't quite answered about the whole. If they are going to, you know, remain in a sense a, a paramilitary group, they're still going to need to get their vehicle service, their their, their ammo and weapons resupplied. So uh, I don't think you're going to. I don't think you're going to find a Tamelern manufacturing world where they're churning out, you know, gun, you know, uh, forty watt lasers uh, in, uh, you know, in, in huge piles anywhere. Uh, I mean, though it's it's a it's a vague outside possibility considering there was a war going on and still is by by possibly. Not necessarily. I mean, I, you know, they may you know they may actually not invest in the big old lasers because they know they run into people on the pathway. So unless they're Tremelin lasers, they they'll probably stick with gunpowder or, or smokeless for the most part. You know. All right. Well, the, 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 this doesn't really change anything. They still have to get resupplied. True, but I'm saying that you, we're not talking about a trade world that's a, a, a trade world that's been reopened, or maybe it's a, a pocket stop that someone's turned into a trading post, and you go there and they, no questions asked. You bring something in, we we might be able to do you a deal and give you a, 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 the the rear end of a of a sixty sixty nine Dodge so you can put on your vehicle, you know, something like that, you know. If you're go- going to become good guys on the sly, and you know, and you're still going to run into your previous. Uh, associates, okay. You don't want your uh, you don't want your rep to 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 slide because then they'll see you as easy pickings, okay. You lost your heart. You don't have it in the you know in in in, in the loins anymore, fella. You know, I guess we're just going to go and take your stuff for ourselves, and you know. But if they still think that everywhere you go, you leave a trail of destruction, uh, decay, and the wailing and gnashing of teeth, well, then they're probably going to leave you alone while you go about doing your good your your good doing. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably may do that anyway, because you know, considering as I pointed out, you know, they may go and take out you know the sheriff of Nottingham and leave King John in place, which is of course what happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help you out very much at all at that point, you know. So we made, made we made the situation worse after taking care of it, or or you t- or you take out the guy who's been keeping the uh, the Mongols at bay, and now the Mongols come in and do their business, you know. So yeah, it, 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 unfortunately, I'm going to say they're going to be good guys, but you know, because I'm also considering they'll probably be player characters too, which means they're good guys, but their hearts in it, but maybe not their brains, and. <laughs> And you know things will happen. They'll you know unless they decide to stay behind and well become the new bat, big bad for the for the people they were helping. Uh, a lot of times they may go. There's a portal. Things are getting bad. Bye. And <laughs> off they go. <laughs> wow, John, that was a high note you hit there. <laughs> oh, I yeah. can tell my ears are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll try talking a lower register then. Okay. Uh, one of the other ideas I had about this was maybe they got religion. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. I had an epiphany of some kind. 
they, they might have actually run into a world where there was something akin to a god. Yeah. And they decided that, uh, you know, he basically opened up the dark parts, of, uh, he or she, opened up the dark parts of their soul and made them look at it, like taking a dog and running its nose in its own uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they said, oh, yeah, I just I, we can't live with ourselves anymore. And the god says, well, then here. He says, "Let me re- let me remake you," you know, and he he, he basically uh, either changes them or you know offers to wipe away you know all those memories if they you know uh, start doing good in his name and um, and and basically promoting his uh, the worship of him, of him or her you know throughout the fringe paths you know I mean it, it's. It's uh, you, you, know, you need some kind of a really major uh, reforming type um, incident to cause people to change on a fundamental fashion. And you know, if we're assuming they really were bad to begin with, you know, uh, in the one the one case I said before, they were kind of doing it because if they didn't, then they would get killed by their own organization. You know, they get hunted down. You know, by by the guys who are even better than they are, you know, the, the ninjas, ninjas, you know, whoever kills the ninjas when they're bad, all the other ones, I don't know. I, I always say that, you know, there's the other reason too, is that this is what we've always done. I mean, do not discount cultural, you know, cultural, um, um, what's it? Um, um, inertia, inertia, inertia. They, they're, they're like, they're like six generation fringe pirates. This is what they've always done. You know, yeah, I, I was born in the middle of a battle. What do you think? I'm going to do something else. Okay, but but back but back to getting religion. Okay, so and and if they did, you might actually want to grant. They might actually be uh, have been granted, you know, powers from their god to give credibility. First of all, to the 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 the, the worship of that god, because you know most of the. I mean, unless you go to uh, a lot of really really primitive worlds most people are uh uh the way i've seen them play their games has been kind of a super um uh rationality so you know oh yeah they're gods but they're really really you know uh powerful beings that have you know evolved or whatever it's and they and again they did that in stargate you know but and I'm, and except for the fact that they said that these people evolved, you know, there really was a lot of uh, credibility to the idea that they were in fact gods, because they they walked like a duck and they talked like a duck. So, and and we have a number of examples of godlike beings on the fringe paths uh, already in the fringe, you know, uh, maps. So if one of them decided that it wanted to uh, promote itself beyond its home world then uh when the uh, a large collection of fringe pirates came through to to get what they can they might find themselves being co-opted into a different lifestyle and a different choice especially if their power wasn't uh eliminated you know that's one reason why we were always talking about how far you know what does the fringe path reality support does it support magic all the way along it does it support psionics all the way along does it support godly powers if that's something else okay i've played it all different ways where like you know the the fringe path fully supported magic psionics and godly powers which would allow something like this to happen they're literally the arm of the god is reaching out as far as as it wants or as far as it has agents 
to, you know, so they would want them to go far and wide and pass the word across because every world they went to and set up a shrine and got a few people to actually worship it, it would be another, you know, another world that would be the God would have control in. So you could have a, a lot of that. Well, especially if the God actually is like extra, extra universal. That is, they exist outside their own universe. Therefore, they could actually exist in other universes then. Uh, and, but, they need, but they need that shrine to be an anchor point for them to link up. So, yes, when they first show up, they don't got powers. They build the shrine, get some followers. Oh, now our powers are back again. So there's a big inducement to get followers at that point. You know. So, like I said, they, you, you, the French pirates could be basically people who have found a patron who might actually have – has a different point of view and, and, they're, and they have to basically live according to the new code because God's always watching. Aye, but, you know, we, we consider a set of guidelines in an actual code. Hmm. You did that with a pirate voice, but that was actually Bill Murray <laughs> <laughs> in Ghostbusters who said that. <laughs> That was Barbosa said that too. I don't think so. <laughs> this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers, this was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.